0: All right, Hot Grits Podcast, Episode 7. Travis Jadon and Spencer Maddox back again. Back for more, Spencer. Plenty to talk about uh, today, but just right off the top, confession to all the listeners. Uh, We have played poker since the last episode. (laughs) I uh, came shirt and tie, tried to change up the vibes so I could at least win a hand. Forget winning the poker tournament. I'm trying to win a hand. Won the first hand. Never won another hand. First one eliminated. Uh, Spencer with another top three. Another top Who cares? three. Who cares besides him? But off the rip, I need to confess that, Spencer.
1: I, I did not improve from week to week. Well, the true, the true poker players in our uh, – you know, our listeners that are true poker players will understand the top three finish is important. But guys like you that, you know, you know. I don't are, see
0: how top three is important if only the first place
1: guy – well, it's game, not important, but, but it's a it's a good uh, it's a good for the back of the baseball. Card. Yeah, exactly.
0: All right. What we're going to talk about today, we'll start with kind of, I think, what could be monumental news, even though it might not be monumental news now uh, Jalen Green, the number one high school player. Absolutely. Basketball player in the 2020 class. Uh, so would be an incoming freshman. Typically, uh, this next season in college, he will forego the college out. Um, and instead kind of become an experimental poster child of sorts in the NBA G league, kind of in the NBA G league. Um, but we'll talk all about that and kind of explain that to you guys because I think really what that is, is it's not really a debate type thing, but more fascinating that it could lead to a lot of different things in the future, especially for the NBA. Right. Um, We'll also, uh, we're recording this on uh, Friday night, April 17th. This will come out, if you're listening to it, day one on April 18th. Uh, But we are going to celebrate another holiday. Last week, it was Easter. Uh, This week, we will celebrate the intersection of 420 and sports. So kind of moments moments where marijuana intersects with sports, and almost all of them are hilarious. Um, Except, I guess, of course, if you're... Josh Gordon, in which case it's never really been a funny thing.
1: Yeah, more sad than anything. Yeah.
0: Um, Jordan documentary, Michael Jordan documentary starts Sunday night, April 19th on ESPN. I'm stoked for that. We'll touch on that maybe a little bit. Um, And then a couple other things. Jay Glazer kind of went rogue this week. Not really sure what was happening uh, in the ball dome of Jay Glazer, but we'll talk about that. Uh, Hilarious, just... 24-hour cycle revolving around, of all people, Jay Glazer. So we'll touch on that and uh, maybe a few other things if we have time. But, Spencer, let's start with this Jalen Green thing. You want to kind of maybe summarize – because there's different, different, like, chapters of this, right? You have to summarize who who the hell is Jalen Green. But even more important than that is, like, who is he in a big sense and, like, why is this decision – what decision did he make, though? Do you want to kind of go
1: ahead and summarize that? Right. So Jalen Green, he was going to be an incoming freshman. Obviously, you know, top the top prospect in this in this draft class. And uh, pretty much a consensus top five pick next year. A lot of people think he's the best prospect since Anthony Davis or maybe, I guess, Zion at this point. Right. Uh, at any rate, he's, he's a stud. Um, yeah, the way it
0: was explained to me is he, he, if he was being, if he was eligible to be drafted this year among guys like Wiseman and Anthony Edwards and Ball, he, he would go. This guy would be
1: consensus number one. Yeah, he would. He would be. Yeah, he's in a different tier. He's probably two tiers above all those guys.
0: Right. So that's kind of a good place I think to think about it.
1: Like that's how good this guy is. Yeah, he's a. Yeah, I wouldn't say generational talent because we have one. Um, he is going the g-league route and he's the first player of note to do this he's not going overseas he's not going college he's going straight to the g-league to play for a developmental team that won't be attached to any franchise and it won't be the main goal of that team won't be winning it'll just be player development from what i understand they're going to play along they're going to play with the other g-league teams but they won't be in the standings and they won't be eligible for playoffs, Uh, how they fill out their, their roster. I'm not sure how they're going to do that. Uh, So
0: I, and I can kind of touch on that a little bit. And again, all this is kind of fluid, but yeah, the way the NBA envisioned this when they first set out to kind of roadmap, this thing was in 2017 and they're going to stick to that kind of original plan. And that is to have NBA sort of journeyman veterans attempting to come back a from injury and these are guys that are free agents now if you're associated yeah. with a team you can't go this route if you're a free agent guy that maybe sat out a year because he was hurt or something and right. you want to come show you minutes, so those are the kind of guys that will be playing there it will not be guys that will be it will not be the same talent level or the same caliber of guys that are participating in regular g league games yeah. they'll be guys with special circumstances so um, I, the, and Spencer, that kind of to me is what the biggest piece of this thing is. It's not about Jalen Green. Yeah. Um, this is about how many guys are going to follow him after this, depending on a bunch of things. Uh, most notably, is the NBA going to continue? Because Jalen Green's going to make $500,000 right. salary. That's going to happen. Endorsements are going to come because you're not under the NCAA slave laws. Uh, you get to, he's going to live in Los Angeles. His team's going to be based out of Los Angeles. They're going to play international games. Um, I I just started thinking about immediately who is footing the bill for all this and how on earth is the NBA going to profit from this team? Certainly the owners are not going to be on board with this as a long-term thing, unless they can profit on it. And that should be a no brainer. Uh, if they're not profiting on it, they are not going to have it no matter what it is.
1: Well, the league the league does have its own funds. I do know that. Um, I'm not sure how, but they're not going to spend them
0: just on. Yeah, I mean, maybe on Jalen Green,
1: but I mean, but... Y- you got to think if they get other guys to come play in this league, eventually you'll be able to to broadcast those games. Like they're going to be able to broadcast right, Jalen, and
0: that's where that's where yeah, that's where I went. So th- then you would have to ask: Is that then the goal of this?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's, thing with that's, the NBA is
0: is to make it a sustainable product. And we heard last year, remember they were talking about, you know, just kicking the tires on some sort of midseason tournament. Yeah, and I wonder if this isn't, if this isn't sort of the starting point of that. If you can develop this into three teams, four teams, um, then you know, give the NBA guys like a legitimate ten day break in the middle and still manage to profit off of this? Like, you can make it the minor league Absolutely. playoffs or whatever yeah. they want to
1: call it. We do know from what Adam Silver has said in the past about the G League is that they want to turn it into basically the minor. And, I mean, you can see that from with the two-way day, the two way contracts, the 10-day contracts, all that. Like, that's, that's come out about in the past, like, five years. And you can tell that they're trying to make this more of a minor league and more of a de- right. developmental system. Uh, Which is not really right now. You got a bunch of guys that are never going to see the NBA court, and then like one or two that play on G League rosters. I mean, uh, Bull Bull is a notable guy that's in the G League right now. Uh, They're few and far between. Very few Uh, and far between. Right. And so, and so,
0: I guess if we're if we've gotten to that point in the conversation, the point where we say the the NBA clearly has some sort of future model for this thing. Um, and at some point in the near future, they're going to need to start profiting off of it if they're just going to be shelling out money. Well, you know, to, for guys to come play on a team where you're not included in the standings that's not affiliated with any team. Right. They're going to profit. Okay. So then I would yeah. ask is the NCAA eventually going to have to respond in kind and adjust something? Because we know that that's not something they do typically. But if I'm the NCAA, that's the only way that products like Duke, Kansas, Kentucky, the Blue Bloods, that's the only way that products like that are going to be watered down is if the same kind of talent level and the same brand names that Jalen Green will be one day, if they
1: start. Right. If they get that national prestige and they get a following behind them, absolutely. And you
0: can watch it on YouTube or say you could watch it on, you
1: know, uh, Saturday
0: like Saturday morning, they play Saturday morning games, they could get a contact, like a an ABC or CBS or ESPN or anyone. If you can watch these games and they can sell ads for these games,
1: it's only a matter of think, time if you have the talent. I don't think the blue bloods are the ones that are really gonna feel the impact. Of course, you're gonna lose that top tier talent, but it's just gonna be replaced by that next tier. They'll still those guys that wouldn't normally go to Duke because there wouldn't be a spot for them will now start going to Duke. They'll start going to Kansas. Kentucky, I don't think it'll be those teams that will be affected as much. It'll be the teams that rely on four-star, three-star guys to be the best player on their team to make a deep run in March Madness. Those teams will start to see less and less of that, I would say, long-term. But as far as the league goes, looking 10 years down the road, if this is is their way out, right, if this is how they're going to – fix the draft or fix uh, whatever's wrong with the the development right now in the league because we have And so we can, much- I think we
0: can all agree that something is wrong. I don't know yeah. if anyone knows how or why but it needs to be adjusted some way.
1: We you got to look you look you look at the NBA schedule at day 1 when it comes out 25% of games right off the rip are unwatchable. They're unwatchable mm. to anybody who's not a diehard fan of those teams. And you can go down and look at TV ratings it pretty much corresponds to how well teams are doing i mean and and total attendance like the hawks uh that 60 win season they sold out every game pretty much i mean you can't, you can't have 16 teams trying to lose games and 16 team and eight teams not in contention and then four real tighter contenders you just can't you can't have that nobody wants to watch that right for the course of 20 years you know and what would so Jalen Green's route
0: to the league now goes where? Uh so he he'll be eligible in twenty twenty one. What uh how does that look? I mean, does he just is he just in the draft like a
1: normal player? Yeah, that, that's what it is right now. And I mean, like I was saying earlier, I I think in ten years they're gonna have to readjust how they do this draft. It's, I mean, the lottery is broken. It it you saw last year it rewarded the Lakers rewarded, you know, it rewarded the Pelicans.
0: Yeah. The lottery is, is perfect in theory,
1: but it never, it never, ten,
0: it. it never tends to punish the people that need to be, the teams that need to be yeah. punished, you know, in, in that sense of the word. And it never rewards the teams that probably should be rewarded.
1: And it's just too, um, I mean, it's always shrouded in mystery and it's, nobody's ever happy with it, and there's always controversies that come about of it. Yeah. I mean, it's not good for ratings. Like Nobody watches the NBA lottery except people like me. It's not not a good thing for basketball, and I think they know that. Yeah.
0: The only guys that watch the NBA lottery is – and the lottery takes place during the first round of the NBA playoffs. Yeah. The only guys that watch the lottery at 7.30 on ESPN that night is the guy whose team is playing that 8 o'clock slot. Yeah, And he's just already posted on the couch.
1: Me and Joey, Um, me me and my buddy Joey watched it this past year. And I like, we like got set up for it. And we like, this is how watching that event goes down. We, we had a few beers. We got Joey Buckets,
0: also a Hawks fan. FYI.
1: Yeah. We got there about 15 minutes before. And like, we, we lost focus for maybe five minutes. And then they had already announced the the first overall pick. Uh, You know, the third or fourth we already yeah we we didn't even see to get, like get to see where the hawks were chosen at we just looked up and there they were it was like why do we even come out so that's not it's not like a tv event it's not good for the game in general and i think it's going it's going the way of the buffalo honestly but i'd like to see i'd like to see how this whole jalen green thing plays out long term i'm i'm really curious to see
0: yeah yeah me too and i think for those people who just look at this thing on the surface and say that you, maybe you're not an NBA fan or, you know, it's not really your cup of tea. I would, I would just say, especially now that it's quarantine, and there's not much else going on. This is something that I think is pretty interesting to look into and see that this thing could go a bunch of different ways, but I think any way it goes, Spencer, and I think you'll agree with me on this, this, we're going to look back at Jalen Green and, Say that this was some sort of turning point for better or worse.
1: Yeah, it's not getting a whole lot of play in the national media, probably as much as it I should, think because but, it's so convoluted, it's so yeah, complicated. There's, there's a really lot sell. of layers to it, but NBA Twitter guys like that they're losing their minds right now. It, it's basically like LeBron James. If if LeBron James had to go to you know to one year of college, it's basically if he right. was just like screw it, I'm going to the G League. That's Imagine that path being – imagine if LeBron had taken that path in 2003. That's, that's, the, that's the level if, of uh...
0: – If LeBron could have done that, if he could have hyped himself up even more at that time, if he had thought about it, he would have done it. Of course. Yeah. I mean, Absolutely. this guy has taken out articles, written letters, took over the boys club to announce his decision. I mean, he would do – LeBron would do all that.
1: And I think it speaks more to the problems with college basketball than it does the problems of the pros. All we talk about is the problems, for the sure, pros. and I mean, for sure, it's it all document. falls
0: on the college game. Yeah. I mean, the guy, if guys are trying desperately to avoid playing under your your reign, you something is is terribly wrong. Yeah. Guys grow up wanting to play in the league nobody grows up wanting to be an NCAA superstar because no one wants to be under the shadow of the NCAA. Yeah. I mean, it's just... Where, and it's where did they go wrong? I
1: mean, it's going to end at some point. When all, when all those terrible... Like we used to hear about the, in the old days how like paying players was so rampant. There was all kinds of parody in the NCAA back then. Like Random teams won the championship all the time and not just the Blue Bloods. Like, not just Duke, not just Kentucky. All well, kinds of teams won it. And and I think – go ahead, go ahead. I mean, why don't you just let, well, let teams decide how much they want to pay players? They've they've always done it. And really, when you've enforced those limits on teams, like not just li- – excuse me, when you've like cracked down on teams, all it's done is made more dynasties. It's, to me, it seems. Think, yeah,
0: because, because then you're just funneling all the one and dones. To the to same program, Probably 8 to 12 of the same program, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I've told you this before. I think what they could do is just eliminate the one and done, but they would need the help of the NBA in that sense. They would need the NBA yeah. to allow. Or this could be an avenue where Jalen Green's going. If the NCAA says, if you come to college, you have to stay for two years.
1: Yeah. Well, dude, you can bet your ass that Jalen Green did not come to this decision on his own. Oh no, somebody oh, yeah, yeah. was in his ear. Somebody from I would guess somebody from the NBA's camp was in his ear and saying we're going to do this. You should look into it heavily.
0: Right. And it's not like this has ever been an option before. Yeah.
1: And I mean college basketball is screwed, dude. They they already had an unfixable problem with players wanting to get paid because nothing they can compensate them with now is going to make up for the fact that this dude's going to make $500,000.
0: They could release all control and let the players profit off of their own names. They still won't ever do that, but that... No, they wouldn't, but that would get, that would make them, over time, no longer the bad people. I don't think the NCAA necessarily should be paying players outright. I, I think that they shouldn't have any control. Over whether players right. get paid or not. I mean, the NCAA gave itself its own power, but you see, no one anointed the NCAA.
1: But if you if you see Jalen Green getting five hundred thousand dollars, if you're that number ten guy in that draft class, you're like, well, shit, I can get a hundred. You know what I mean? Like, right, it's over with now. If they would have done this five years ago, they would have had, they would have had some recourse. But it's not going to matter now, no matter what they do. At, at so long as it goes okay with Jalen Green, though, if this guy right. goes out,
0: and I mean that's a thing too. I I don't see where he would drop like very far, but what he could do is discourage other guys from taking this path. I mean, you're look, you're not going to get the coaching if you're Jalen green. And I know this might sound old white guy, but you're not going to get the coaching. The facilities I would say probably aren't going to be like they are at Duke or North Carolina or Kentucky or Kansas Uh, The training staff, uh, the living situation. I mean, There are perks to going high-level
1: D1 college basketball still. Well, I mean, it was already an established route to go overseas, and I think college basketball kind of lost the fight once that started happening.
0: I think so, too. You know? Yeah, I think so, too. Um,
1: That's just my thoughts uh, on it.
0: Yeah, we'll close out with that. But I, I just think the baseball model, the NCAA baseball model, where they allow kids to go pro, before they come to college, or, they or to stay years. if you come to college, it's mandatory two years, and there's no
1: really wiggle room, period. Right. and I love the College um, World Series, dude. I mean, it's I don't like Yeah, them.
0: and you, the product is good. If you come out of college baseball, you're nine times out of ten, you're as prepared and ready as you'll ever be to be drafted. I mean, there Absolutely. are guys coming out left and right from college and basketball that are nowhere near ready uh, for the NBA game. I mean, so the NCAA baseball model has worked to perfection, In classic NCAA fashion, they have failed to see the light uh, when it comes to basketball,
1: though. Couldn't agree more. Um,
0: All right, let's start these. Spencer, we'll just go back and forth and just kind of list off some. 420 moments in sports. We're recording this, like we said, April 17th. (laughs) Um, This episode comes out April 18th, but 420 coming up, and there's been a lot of moments. Yeah, there's been a lot of moments. Uh, where weed and sports have intersected. Uh, I'll start. Poster child. has got to be Ricky Williams, right? Right. Ricky Williams, the Texas uh, product, Heisman Trophy winner, drafted in 1999, then retires in 2004, um, and proceeds to go somehow gets a degree or masters in yoga, um, and quits the NFL altogether. He got traded to Miami in 2002. What a nut. Leaves the, leaves the NFL in 2004, um, and essentially we thought we'll never hear from him again. Uh, then he tries to get back in the league after playing in Canada in 07. And Spencer, I'd forgotten about this. This is so Ricky Williams. Tries to get back into the league after playing in Canada in 07. But on, in May of 07, Williams failed another drug test while trying to reinstate in the NFL and commission. so as he's trying to get back in he fails another drug test for weed in 07 and Goodell still lets him in the league uh in 07 and ends up coming back to the Dolphins in November like really late in that year and stayed until 2012 ended up with the Ravens and retired until yeah he didn't have a bad
1: but, career after that either
0: no I mean he ended up with over 10,000 rushing yards, like over 2,500 receiving yards. Um, I thought it was interesting, though. He never failed another drug test after that in the league, but he never played all 16 games. He, every year he had stretches where he just wasn't playing, long stretches. So I wonder if every team, and especially the Dolphins, just kind of said, Rick, if you can give us seven weeks here, you can take the rest of the year off and just get high as hell the entire
1: time. <laughs> Uh, and then we'll see you next training camp. I had a you know what I mean? I had a quote. I had a quote pulled up. He said, but Williams missed the this is an article about about his time off. <laughs> Williams missed the entire two thousand four season after retiring. He then I mean he was then, you know, suspended the next year, but he said it's kind of true that I quit football to go smoke weed, period, in sentence. That sums it up. That's your four twenty hero for the NFL.
0: Yeah, I mean, no doubt, poster child, never really tried to hide it, um, and still rushed for over 10,000 yards, so bless up, toke up for Ricky Williams, that guy is a
1: hero. Unbelievable. I've got uh, J.R. Smith, dude. If if J.R. Smith, uh, excuse me, if Ricky Williams is the hero, then... J.R. Smith is kind of like the anti-hero of uh weed smokers and professional sports. <laughs> is you know, this like, him forgetting the score? Yeah, dude. He, if, <laughs> I knew if, it. If, if Ricky Williams is Superman, then J.R. Smith is like film uh, duel, he's like Batman or something. Dude comes in and forgets the score in 2018. Just he's like Hancock. Yeah, yeah dude. Not really a cool hero. Yeah. And you know, the entire time, that entire year, LeBron like had, it was the year before actually when they got him LeBron had been begging them to get J.R. or not begging but he basically made that move happen and he was like I'm going to follow J.R. Smith around this entire time and make sure he doesn't do anything bad and then J.R. Smith I mean publicly he was saying that yeah, yeah publicly Yeah, like in the media you're saying that yeah and then J.R. Smith for in the in the moment they needed him the most dude he pulls a high moment and forgets the score and he looked high too I mean he always looked high but you know, I mean, that look I on, thought
0: LeBron James was gonna murder him. I mean, after that. Dude,
1: that look on his face—you could see them mouthing, "What are you doing?" Was, oh man, I forgot to score. Perfect.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, it's all time. I mean, perfect. That I'll never forget where I was for that.
1: And we already touched right, on um... we already touched on Josh Gordon, but that was mostly sad. But loses his career, and then the NFL stops testing for it, like the next year.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. Like, Josh Gordon, and obviously this guy's got some kind of deeper problems than just yeah. smoking weed, if, if because if you just cannot do what you're told, then that's kind of a deeper thing, I guess. But, uh, like, to think that he got basically his entire life and career uprooted and messed up, largely because of his own doing, but because of marijuana, and now it's not even, like, going to be punished or... Or tested for? I mean it's pretty wild to think about that. And you wonder what a guy like that thinks when when the NFL CBA passes and it comes out that you can essentially just get high now in the NFL.
1: I'd be pissed. I mean he's gotta be yeah. I I mean I from what I understand there was some harder stuff involved there. Like I've if you if you Google it, what did Josh Gordon what drug did Josh Gordon fail for? You won't find any answers. I've looked so many times. But enough with that sad stuff. I want to hear this Don Don Nelson story. You talked to me about it uh, Yeah, later. you know. So do you know who Donnie Nelson is? Yeah, yeah. Nelly Ball. Uh, and <laughs> I for, didn't know that. For those that don't Donnie, know, he's, the, he's a former Golden State Warriors coach.
0: Yeah, and like a really legendary yeah. NBA coach and kind of universally respected. I'm pretty sure he was the coach, Spencer, for the Nuggets when they won. Uh, or not the Nuggets, the uh, Warriors, when they won um, as an eight seed over the Mavericks, I think. Weren't they the first eight seed to ever win with Barry? I believe
1: team. I think that's what that team is called. Yeah, I'm pretty sure.
0: Yeah, so that team was awesome, and it, it, Nelson became kind of famous because of Nelly Ball and kind of the running gun yeah. approach, kind of like the early Phoenix Suns, um, if you will. But so at his post career has become equally as fascinating as his actual coaching career because this guy was featured on a Real Sports segment not too long ago, and lives in Maui where he grows flowers, he grows, he grows coffee, Spencer. He also grows an incredible amount of <laughs> cannabis um, and was just ridiculously high the entire interview with Brian Gumbel um, on this Real Sports thing. I would look it up uh, if I was you guys because this thing was well, well worth <laughs> uh, the watch. Uh, he hosts, this is just out of a movie. Not only does he grow flowers, coffee and cannabis, he hosts a local poker game with celebrities such as Willie Nelson, Woody Harrelson and Owen Wilson. How much pot <laughs> do you think is smoked at that poker table? Willie Nelson, Woody Harrelson, Owen Wilson. I bet they just play with Don With Don Nelson. I
1: bet they just play with like quarter bags of pot. Like that's how they that's how they uh, they divvy up the chips. They don't actually have chips. They just play with like quarters.
0: Yeah, and Nelson's probably like, what I got here is some fresh decaf
1: for you (laughs) with some tulips.
0: Some tulips and some OG. I
1: bet Bill Walton. Right here from Donald Trump. I bet Bill Walton makes his way into that game every time he goes to the Maui Invitational.
0: Okay, so I had Bill Walton written down on my secret list here, not where you could see him. Um, I don't know. We're going to have to just assume that Bill Walton has done an enormous amount of drugs in his life. He's. Because if he hasn't, if he hasn't, then he's truly
1: a psychopath. Oh, uh, he's talked about. If, he's talked about I being mean, on an LSD. I saw it on a, uh, I saw it on a documentary. Yeah, Bill Walton. Oh, you saw it on a documentary. Yeah, I, saw a, I, I thought the you saw that with me. I, I was going to bring it up. Bill.
0: I mean, I kind of just assumed it's like asking if if Elton John is yeah. gay or not. Uh, it's just kind of like huh,
1: you shouldn't really have to ask. Two that. plus two, buddy. Yeah, I, I get that. Bill Walton doesn't know. He doesn't know the answer. <laughs> no, he would. He would give you. He would give you the reasons behind why it's two plus two. He would wax poetic on why it's two plus two. My my dude can make up a paragraph about anything.
0: Yeah, and shout out to all of the anyone who has ever been the play by play guy at, with Bill Walton as your analyst. Um, you probably so need to be a DB or two after working with him. Like that
1: would have to be the worst. It's job entertaining, ever. if nothing else. But.
0: All right, a couple more. Um, Who could ever forget Laramie Tunsell's gas mask surfacing right before the 2016 NFL draft? Uh, That was awesome. Spencer, do you remember this? Walk me through it, though. Uh, He got apparently apparently hacked. So you know how the draft, uh, like they show all the guys the whole night that are in the green room that are actually there. Um, And, you know, if you haven't been drafted yet, they kind of keep coming back to you, and especially when they're talking yeah. about you. Well, as Laramie Tunsil uh, is not being drafted, he's falling. And no one can really figure out why. Simultaneously, like during this draft, uh, someone hacks his Twitter and posts uh, a picture of him in a gas mask, uh, oh, a cannabis no. gas That's mask. That's right. Yeah, and it got deleted pretty quickly after but it was up for 10 or 15 minutes um and so he starts falling and this guy probably didn't have a clue why he was falling at first um and then eventually said he got hacked long story short he is drafted by the dolphins um and has never really had any problems i don't think in the league out of this. um but I, like i will never forget that I mean, that's the whole reason he fell is because of that gas. If race,
1: that was one sure. of his buddies, that guy's a total narc. Like, of yeah. course. What a jerk. I'd be so mad. Um, but that,
0: you know, that reminds me with the NFL draft coming up Actually,
1: whoever uh, later in this, this week. week total narc.
0: Right. Yeah, it's a narc move for sure. Probably like the agent that he didn't sign with. Right. Or the guy that got cut from the varsity team because Laramie Tunsell was there and you didn't need a backup <laughs> offensive tackle with Tunsell there. Um, but, uh, Spencer, that reminds me, prepare yourself people for the same thing that happens every year in every draft, somebody will go down one of these high picks. It might be Joe Burrow. Somebody will go through their Twitter and they probably already have, and they will find yeah. something and it won't be leaked until right before. Um, and so I can't wait for that to happen. I can't wait for the NFL draft. We're going to have an episode early next week where we talk all about the NFL draft, and we'll have um, a pretty cool guest on as well to talk about that. But I, that's kind of a sign, Laramie Tunsell's gas mask picture, that anything that pops up has the potential of costing you millions of
1: dollars, which it is ridiculous. wild. I'm about. ready to talk NFL draft, man. I'm ready for something football at this point.
0: All right, well, uh, we'll leave you with one more 420 in sports, and then we'll actually talk a little NFL because the wonderlip oh, scores right. came out for quarterbacks and they're hilarious. Uh, Vince (laughs) Scully has a legendary – Vince Scully has a legendary – the play-by-play guy for the Dodgers who's since retired. There is uh, something that pops up every year on April 20th, and it's a transcript of him during an Eric Chavez at at bat, uh, the old third baseman for the Oakland Athletics. I've never confirmed if this is real, and I've never found video of it, but it's hilarious. Google – do yourself a favor. Google – then Scully, 420, the number is 420. And uh, you'll see this thing that I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I'm going to post it. I'm uh, going to post it on our Instagram. <laughs> okay, yeah. And then I'll, I'll do the same and post it on the Twitter. But it, it is uh, hilarious. It ends like this uh, with then Scully going through all of these 420 facts while reading or while keeping up with the at bat. It starts like this, and then I'll skip and, and just read the end. Here's Eric Chavez to lead off the fifth. He's 0 for 1, which leaves his slugging percentage at a shade above 520 on 420, a date that has become something of a holiday for a certain segment of the population. 520 is a high slugging percentage, and a high number is somewhat fitting on 420. (laughs) Fastball Fastball over the knees, and it's 0 and 1. On 420, marijuana enthusiasts celebrate their love for their narcotic that is illegal in most places, but legal in others. Unlike baseball, marijuana is illegal for recreational purposes in California. Fouled off, and it's 0-2. <laughs> then he goes on with more facts, and it ends like this. And on a day like today, uh, sorry, Ted Lewis was a hurler for the Boston Bean Eaters in the 1890s, and he issued 420 walks over his time with the team. On a day like today, everyone can appreciate someone so willing to offer a free pass. Beckett smokes a fastball past Chavez for strike three, and Dodgers fans can finally exhale that
1: last sentence it just kills it dude it
0: killed Dodgers it. fans can finally exhale is like i most a lot of people get that reference i mean that thing has gone viral several times but you'll see that popping up on 420 I'm yeah. sure on facebook and, and twitter um, all right let's talk real quick Spencer about these wonderlick scores uh, then we'll try to figure out what the hell Jake Lazor was doing and we'll get out of here uh, NFL draft Has crazy metrics that they use, and one of the more standard ones, or standard in the NFL world, uh, is the Wonderlic test, and it's essentially, essentially an IQ test, but not all. It's not all IQ. Some of it is situational,
1: right? Um, Right in the high school, and there's fifty, correct, something like that.
0: Right, but you find that like, and I don't know what this says, but you find that like most things in the NFL draft, you need to grade on the history of the position, not the history of the, the score, right? So for right or wrong, kickers usually have really high wonderland yeah. scores. So do punters. Uh, defensive tackles uh, do not. Quarterbacks, you would think, would need to have a fairly high wonderland score, but it's not mandatory. Um, so, for instance, this year, 12 draftable quarterbacks, and that's the NFL's Uh, basically term for guys that they like predict to be drafted uh, anywhere in the seven rounds. The high score is 40 uh, on these 12 quarterbacks. The low score is 13. So that gives you a range. I mean, it's a pretty wide range for reference. I think the lowest score ever was Patrick Patterson or was it Peterson, Peterson. Patrick Peterson, the cornerback at LSU. I think he had, yeah, I think Patrick Peterson had a four or a five, um, on the one, Yikes. and he was obviously a good football player. So, uh, Rook. Lamar Jackson had a 13 when he came out, uh, but this year, Spencer Tua had a 13 by far the lowest of these 12 quarterbacks. Yikes. Um, other few highlights Jake Fromm was second with 35, Joe Burrow third with 34. Hello, Travis, we lost you uh, for a second. There you go. Okay, Jake Fromm was second with 35. Joe Burrow, third, 34. Uh, Justin Herbert, 25. Jacob Eason, 23. Jalen Hurts, 18. And Tua, 13. Those are sort of the highlights. Nate Stanley out of Iowa had the number one score with 40. So household name there, Nate Stanley with the Wonderlic uh, winner. So, your Dolphins? Uh, do you care if your quarterback is
1: dumb, Spencer? No, I was since, – Since your Dolphins are drafting high and they're projected to take a quarterback, right? Do you? Uh, yeah, they better. Yeah, they better. Do you not want them to take Tua at this point, or maybe James?
0: I don't know. I want them to take Tua simply because they've tanked for essentially eighteen months in preparation for this, and you know we'll get into it more in the next episode. But if they find themselves at number five and Tua is off the board, I I'm assuming they're going to take Justin Herbert out of Oregon, who many people. I think most people foresee as the third best quarterback in this draft. Um, I want them to take Tua simply because I I think if everything is right, he is the best quarterback for the Dolphins in this draft. And I would even almost – I wouldn't go this far, but I would almost say I'd rather have a healthy Tua with Miami than a healthy – And you're jumper. not
1: worried if he can't spell his last name?
0: No, I couldn't care less okay. about that. I'd rather him be able to go on the field uh, – I don't really care if he, I can't spell his last name. I'm totally kidding by the way. Um, Um, But but with a, well, well, look with a score like 13, you wonder if he could spell his first name.
1: (laughs) That's only three letters. Yeah. The man's going to read some NFL defenses. He didn't need to know how to read and write. He's fine. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And uh, Lamar Jackson, like I said, 13. uh, And he's turned out a okay in the league. Um, but I do think a guy like Jake Fromm, Spencer, can help his status a little bit with stuff like this. Uh, Tua is not going to get hurt, but Jake I Fromm think the could not have screwed up. Well, if Jake Fromm sc- scores a twenty on this thing and he comes in like third to last, mm. now you're saying, well, you know, the one attribute he had, which I think most people agree, he has the ability to command like an NFL yeah. huddle. He he could he could play the role of an NFL quarterback on the field and off the field, I don't know if they think physically that he has the tools, but if he scored like a 20 on this thing, that negates kind of that he can't be working that fast in his mind. Uh, He can't, you know what I mean? So you kind of have to be good. I, I was surprised Joe Burrow got a 34. To be honest, I mean. What makes you say that? That's interesting. I don't know. I mean, I figured like this guy's a guaranteed number one overall pick. Um I, I wouldn't think that the Wonder would be something that he would come in third on. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, he's five points better than the number four guy. I figured that he would just take it and end up in the middle. I mean, but I got the point of all this is, Spencer, that like this
1: is how crazy the NFL is. Like they yeah, even they're nuts. There was there was one story stuff like uh, this. What was it? Frank Gore. That he like he legitimately just went in. To the Wonder Lake test, wrote his name down and then walked out. I think he has the I think you're wrong. I think he has the lowest score ever. I think he got like a two or something like that. Um Frankie
0: Gore, he's notorious for having um uh a big set of testicles. Is he really? Yeah, you've never no. heard this story? That might have to be a segment on the next on the next yeah, podcast. I, I Frankie Gore Sack. I didn't hear that. Uh yeah. Sizable coins, that's what they say. He seems like Um, What about your boy, Jay Glazer, dude? On Tuesday night on Fox Sports Radio, uh, I don't know exactly what time. It was late, probably after 10 p.m. before midnight on Tuesday night, April 14th. He says that he has, quote, national news, quote, big national news, end quote, uh, that he will release 24 hours later at 11 p.m. Eastern on Fox Sports on Wednesday night. Um, So while nothing is going on, uh Glazer says this on the fox sports radio and on the east coast when people wake up the next morning on wednesday morning it's it's all over the place and people are anticipating what it might be uh you know when you think of an nfl guy getting ready to break news and he said it this far in advance he said it wasn't going to be transactional news you figured he was going to say the nfl has a plan in place to play without fans or some or The NFL has canceled the season or the NFL has guaranteed that it will play the Hall of Fame preseason game, whatever, something along those lines. You did not expect him to say what he said. Um, After waiting 24 hours, he says the fucking strangest report I've ever heard. I think Uh, I tuned in right at 11 o'clock. So Jay Glazer got me uh, on Fox sports football and I'm watching on my phone and he announces that Brian Allen, uh, the uh, Los Angeles Rams center, had coronavirus, not has coronavirus, had it, had it, overcame it, and told Jay Glazer all about his symptoms. Now, that stuff is scary as hell to hear. He lost his sense of taste, lost his sense of smell. But the point is, Jay Glazer sat on this for 24 hours, claiming it was huge. Yeah, claiming it was huge national news. And, uh, you know, like, it wasn't. Uh, You should have broken it. And this probably says more about Fox Sports as a whole. Uh, Fox Sports doesn't have, like, a live operating content website. It does not have writers on its website breaking news, unlike almost yeah. every sports outlet. It, if Jay Glazer worked for anybody else besides Fox Sports, that news would have been broken immediately, as it should have been. Uh, it, it's not a, it's not a uh, cautionary tale. Uh, it's clearly not, uh, you know, in Jay Glazer's mind – Mandatory to get it out there immediately. So, what yeah, the why, hell are you? Why doing was he teasing he, why was he 24 hours of
1: anticipation? Maybe he was just trying to drive.
0: He says he wasn't. I mean, he says that he works for Fox Sports and that he couldn't, he wasn't going to tweet it. This was the agreement he had with the player, but that's fine. Don't go on the radio show the night before and tease it like that. And then, and then after that, you're sort of somewhat surprised, it seems like, that people are a bit taken aback by. The announcement, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, when they wait all day for this announcement and it's more shitty coronavirus news. Yeah, what a dude. Uh, that really doesn't help anybody. It's, it doesn't help anybody.
1: Uh, but I mean, so... it, when I, whenever I first heard it, I didn't know that he was reporting that he, the player had it and had gotten over it. It almost sounded to me like he had, like, said that and then went out behind people's backs and, like, gave this guy coronavirus and then reported it. Like, it sounded, like, diabolical or something. Like what's wrong with this guy?
0: Has? Yeah, and he already has like a he scary does, looking dude. dome and just a scary looking mug. So, you know, I don't know. It's just a fucking strange scenario with Jay Glazer, but you know, so so goes this quarantine, I guess. It's all strange. Weird. Weird dude. Uh Spencer, what's the one storyline that you want to see in this Michael Jordan documentary? Uh, the Michael Jordan documentary, by the way, ten part series starting Sunday night, April nineteenth. They'll have Parts one and two starting at nine or nine PM, and ten PM part two, and then a week later on on the twenty sixth they'll have uh, parts three and parts four. Um, So that's something to look forward to. What are you looking forward to in this doc? If they go
1: hard on the shittier parts of Michael Jordan as a person, like if they if they really deep dive into his darker, you know, his darker side like the the cheating and the gambling and if you know if they if they really bring that stuff to light i i want to see how cuz i mean michael jordan's gonna watch it i want to see i want to see how that is and i want to see how the world reacts to you know cuz nba guys know that michael jordan was like kind of a jerk but i think the world still looks at him as like yeah. an icon so i want to see how that that turns out and also i mean you hold on one second so, do you mean like
0: like if he's gonna be yeah, viewed yeah, differently, yeah. that is that is crazy to think about because if like Michael Jordan is kind of you know he's already like wherever he's gonna be in history, but if if they go really deep into his gambling and shit, and he chose that, you kind of look. And, that, and another thing is that that thing with yeah, his dad, dad too, right? Got like showing yeah. up in a ditch, right? Like it just. Legitimately murdered in the middle of nowhere, that North With him
1: playing baseball and also all that gambling stuff that's purported to have happened happened right around that time. A lot of people think it was a shadow ban by David Stern. I guess was the commissioner of the time. Uh yeah. And wasn't that when Jordan exactly. left to go yeah, play baseball?
0: Lot, like, was and so some people think that yeah, he was forced. But, out. I mean,
1: that's never been substantiated, but we'll see. I mean, maybe they have new news for us. I'm I'm really excited.
0: Uh, I need a full 30-minute segment at exact- least. Yeah, on yeah I was just Robin, about to just...
1: Robin, dude. I like...
0: Uh, and who's the one player that we cannot have them featuring? Like, if they spend more than five minutes on brother. Steve <laughs> Kerr... <laughs> He's so corny, uh, dude. I've had enough of Steve Kerr for my lifetime. I mean, he'll start talking about something that's not basketball. Yeah, it's guaranteed. also like, hey, man, uh, can
1: anything go wrong for you just once in your life?
0: Yeah, you know what, Steve, like... You never had to play with Kwame yeah. Brown. You know what I mean? Like, you played with the best player of all time. You're gifted. Like, Mark Jackson comes in and carries the cross for you, and then you're gifted yeah. Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. He's
1: also – I mean, he what always a guy. has something to say. Like, just – like, he's always, like, quick with it too. He's always got that shit-eating grin. I just want, like, one – I want him to be speechless just one time. I want to see it. But, you know, Whatever. I'm sure it's going to set a great light on Steve yeah. Kerr. I don't, I don't hate the guy. Whatever. I'm not a hater. I don't no, hate him. It's
0: just like, dude, ha- like, yeah, have exactly. a flaw. You know what I mean? It's like I used to feel about Jordan Spieth. Now I like him because he's been so shitty. <laughs> yeah. But when he was winning all those things and he had to, he, you know, he looked at he was, his best friend was his autistic uh, sister. He's just like yeah. the perfect human being. You can, you I don't can like only that. Be, like, so, you can only be the golden
1: boy for so long. But Steve Kerr has managed to be that for 60 years. Unbelievable.
0: That's true. So essentially what we're saying is fuck Steve Kerr. All right. So yeah, we can agree on that. Um, All right, what else? You got anything else? Yeah, I'm good too. Um, So next week before the NFL draft, um, I guess we don't have any holidays next week. Last week Easter, this week 420. Nothing else. That's it. Awesome. All right. Until next time, wash your hands, you filthy animals.